Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. As we come to the end of the year and uh, i am talking, been talking about the year to invest, and for those who saw last week with our missions going forward into 2021, if you weren't here last week, um, and by the way, we've got to fulfill that promise. Can I encourage you? We've got faith promise through compassion. So our combined, combined missions, our number one is compassion. So the Lord has led us as a church to that. Children are, the, are first, most vulnerable. And if you haven't heard around the world, they are estimating that uh, the third world has gone backwards three decades uh, into poverty. So this is what the current estimates are. So you sponsoring a child in Rwanda, children in Rwanda. I know many of you are now sponsoring multiple children, which is uh, over 1,100 children we sponsor now here in Global Heart. But, uh, you know, our missions now, which we're going to fulfill, $1,030,600 2021. <laughs> Compassion at the top. As I said, the children first and then everything else we're called to do. But uh, all of that, as we're investing, is having ripple effects around the world. Hello, it's starting here at home, our own community, own people in need here, firstly at home, Tenacious House, with all the men who I love, Friday nights, and all the guys particularly, but men in church, men serving in church from Tenacious House, men getting saved, awesome. Everything we're doing, but it's happening because people are growing in their hearts, growing in generosity. And we're understanding the power of investing. Investing means, when you invest, it means putting valuable resources into others, expecting a valuable return. Come on, putting valuable resources into others, and we are expecting a valuable return. So I want to encourage everybody, expect, because what you are doing is impacting real people and real people's lives. I thought today I'd talk on investing again, but this time it's, I've just entitled it, Time to Invest in Friendships. Time to Invest in Friendships. Because friendships are so important in life, and, uh, and the Word of God talks about relationships so much, has so much to say about relationships, and I really want to encourage everybody that we're called to have great friendships, but wise in our friendships and wise in our relationships. So, um, so I've been told, as I said, time to invest in friendships. Some of us, this might be the start of a whole new season of uh, God bringing God connections and friendships into your life. But for all of us, there'll be friends who God is saying, or relationships. Can I just talk about your family first, who investing there? Um, uh, that's God's first priority. But I'm saying that friendships and relationships are key to seeing us go forward many times i can't do anything alone you can't do anything alone and uh you know the secret of my success is sue <laughs> and the secret of our uh, success in life is the friendships and connections and people we do life with along the way so so my first thought everybody spiritual growth doesn't happen by ourselves Actually, you might want to take a note today. I'm going to give you a few good thoughts, I think, going to help you. Said, so try and take a note. Uh, I'll look at it later. But spiritual growth doesn't happen by ourselves. When, when 
the Word of God talks about the body of Christ. God is using a metaphor there, an analogy to say that like a body, we all have a part to play. And uh, if we're not operating as believers within the context of a body, we are mistaken. <laughs> because you cannot grow spiritually and you cannot do well if you're not operating in a body. I'm very happy now. Like I, whether I cannot separate myself from my kidneys because if I do, I will not live much longer because my kidneys are playing a vital part in cleansing my blood, in cleansing, uh, taking out the impurities. Well, God puts people around us and some of us are like, well, I don't like kidneys. <laughs> I've, never had, I've never had a fancy for kidneys. And uh, some of us, we don't realize, you know, that we did that with people. I don't like that or like them or like this person or like that. And we need to be understanding. Sometimes God's putting people in our lives that are going to be part of our cleansing. Part of God cleaning your life is he puts kidneys around you. Some of them are sitting next to you right now. <laughs> and, uh, and so we have to realize that uh, spiritual growth doesn't happen in isolation. If you're in isolation as a Christian, time to move out. It's a bit scary, it's a bit vulnerable, but it's worth it. And, uh, and I've discovered in life, there's kind of, I'd say, three different kinds of people that we meet. There's sustainers. How many people like sustainers? The sustainers kind of lift you. They are sustaining you and encouraging you in life. We all need sustainers. Actually, we all need relationships desperately. So you need some sustainers, some people to lift you. There are uh, people who are neutral some people, they're okay, but they have kind of a neutral effect on us. You know, neither one nor the other. It's kind of neutral. Then you've got drainers. <laughs> Sustainers and drainers. <laughs> so, so, what we all need to work out is who are my sustainers and who are my drainers. And, uh, and listen, when I say drainers too, sometimes God is putting people around us who, you know, in the natural have a draining on effect on you, but God's calling you to help them. God's calling you to minister to them. God's calling you to care for them. And that's the Christian life is that we don't go around, hey, I'm not going to get near anyone who's draining me. No, we need to realize that that's the Christian life and that's exactly what Jesus did. But we uh, need to also be wise that we don't spend our life with people who are draining us emotionally. You have to be careful. There's people who um, I'm called to help and bless absolutely, and they may be, may, be, may be totally draining in emotional or natural, but doesn't mean I'm meant to do life with them. <laughs> boundaries. You need to get the boundaries books, everybody, because if you, if you don't understand boundaries in relationships, you really will struggle in life. Be, but you need to know there's boundaries. Your body has a boundary. It's called skin. If you didn't have your skin as a boundary, we would be seeing more of you than we've seen before. But uh, you have a skin boundary. Well, you need to have boundaries, and that's with parents as well. Parents, you need to have boundaries with your children. So our world has it round the wrong way. They all think naught to 20, just let your children be like Pastor Spencer was. Pastor Spencer was brought up a free-range child. His mother was like, be free, wander around. He, he was on a train from China to, where'd you go? Russia. He was like a kid going across. And then his mum's like, oh, lovely. You know, like, did you have a nice time? You know, so people let children wander around the world. They think that's a great way. 
No, that's why they're all now drug addicted and needing counseling. Because the first 20 years of children's life is strong leadership. Leadership and love. I said to Nathan, not longer, when did you first go out, I let you first go out the house by yourself? He goes, Dad, I was 15. <laughs> I went, oh, that was good. <laughs> He's like, what? Okay, but what's happening is, Sue and I were strongly leading and loving the boys, but at 20, we were like, it's up to you now. So from 20 to 95, go ahead. Because we've led you, we've secured you, we've loved you, you're solid, we've put all the, everything into you, now you, Jordan, Sean, you decide. Most people have it all the other way, and then from 20 to 90, they're walking around in life stressed out, insecure. Why? Because their parents thought they did the right thing, because the culture told them that. We need to be careful, don't listen to the culture, listen to the Word of God. Lead your children in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. So, so yeah. So, okay. So, work out in your life. Hang on, I need to spend more time with sustainers. Watch out for the neutral. And, uh, and realize that there will be draining people. But I need to maybe minister to them, care for them, sow into them. But it doesn't mean you bring them into your life or your house. But relationships cause us to live happier and live longer. Did you know that psychologists now, it's psychological fact that if you... Uh, in church, you, they call it religious, but if you're a Christian in church, you are psychologically much better than the average person. Ch- going to church makes you psychologically healthier. Healthier. So you're getting healthier every week. So you may not be all that right now, and you're not all perfect. There isn't anybody perfect. But if you hang around in God's house, you're going to get better and better as the days go by. And uh, so thank God for God's house, because it's now proven fact. Psychologically, you do better. And if you're serving, you do even much better. So you're doing well, but when you start serving people in God's house and in the community, that costs you, it goes to there. So it goes to there. Some of us are still here, but we could go to there in our psychological and emotional health. So you live happier, live longer. So relationships and friendships are really, really important. The golden rule, as they used to say when I was young, is do, and which is what the Bible says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's really good, um, but sometimes uh, we're doing unto others what was done to us, which was bad. So we need to think about that, because some of us are like, well, I do unto others what was done to me. Listen, you need to challenge that, just because your parents did it, and your grandparents did it, and your friends did it. Um, If it didn't work for them, and it didn't work for you, and nobody's in joy, and nobody's feeling free, and emotionally, and psychologically happy, and healthy, and spiritually good, don't copy it. Cancel that. Too many people in life are copying stuff their family did that is completely unhealthy. So we need to say, hang on a minute, I've got to realize, what do I want that's going to make me to be healthy? What do you need that will make you to be healthy and blessed and whole? What do you need? You've got to stop and ask the question sometimes and then do that to other people. What you want to receive, do. And so the Bible's telling us, you know, that we need to really be investing into others and if you want to receive in life, so. <laughs> and that means what? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. So we need, we need friends, everybody. Here's the thought. We need friends to accomplish God's plan for your life. We need friends to accomplish God's plan for your life. Influential right now that we have with people who are out in our community, you're working not 
you know, on the staff of a church as such, but you're in business, you're in finance, you're in politics, you're in medical, you're a teacher. I really encourage everybody to get into influential because it's really going to get you some friends who are going to teach you that whatever you are doing, you are called to be influential. But it's through friends you accomplish God's purpose. We all have blind spots, right? (laughs) Three of us do. (laughs) The rest of you know I'm doing great, see everything clearly. We all have blind spots. So we need people around us and friends around us who will, um, you know, help us to accomplish God's goal for our life, but, uh, you know, who've got some wisdom that we haven't got. And there's people right through our church who've got wisdom that others don't have that you can glean from. Um, you know, yeah, so, so let's, uh, let's avail ourselves of that. But listen, uh, some people say, I'm too busy. You, if you're too busy for what's important, you're too busy. If you're too busy for what's important, you're too busy. So I've got to go, what's important? Okay, I need to be there. I need to be there. What's going to help me accomplish God's goal? You may accomplish your job, but at the end of your life, you won't be on your deathbed going, oh my gosh, I wish I had done two more days in the office. (laughs) There's nobody here. What you'll be doing is going, I hope my life counted. I hope my life counted. And if you're a Christian who's going to stand before the Lord, you'll be saying, I hope my life counted for you, Lord. So the only way that's going to happen is when we're doing it with others. So I like it. Friendships where joys are doubled and sorrows are cut in half. Friendships where joys are doubled and sorrows are cut in half. Okay, so I like that. So everybody, we need to be uh, realizing the power of friendship, the power of relationship, but also we need to be wise. Can I just speak to all the merciful people right now? Where's all the merciful people? You're all here. Well, we're all here. I'm merciful, but it's got me in trouble because at times I've been merciful without wisdom. And a lot of us have had people who, uh, you know, um, we've had to, you know, come, they wanted help and we've our mercy has taken us into their lives and they've come into our lives. But we haven't had wisdom with that. And, uh, and, you know, and I had one person in my life for years when I was young who was always coming to me and would dump all of their problems, all of their pain. I would listen to it and feel for a day, two days and be so depressed because it was so awful, right? So then I'd be like, okay, Lord, give me some wisdom for them. I'd tell them uh, some thoughts and I watched over... 15 years, how they never applied one thing I said. Not one. And I then went, hang on, I'm just the garbage can. They actually don't want to grow or change. They just want to dump stuff. So one day I said to them, I just need to let you know I've resigned. (laughs) And they said, what? I said, I've resigned. They went, what from? I said, I've resigned from being the demigod. This person was a Christian by now, and I said, I've resigned from being the demigod. They went, what do you mean? I said, I'm not God. And I said, if I'd be honest, for 15 years I've been trying to help you. I said, you've not listened to one thing I said. So now you just need to go to God, because I'm exhausted, you're exhausted, and we're getting nowhere. So go to God. Well, that went well. <laughs> Have you heard of Mount Vesuvius? <laughs> so it's amazing how... People are 
until you put up a healthy boundary. So they weren't, so here's the thought, they weren't caring about me. It was all about them, and so long as I was the garbage dump, it was great. And all I did was get depressed, and they never changed. So everybody, they need to change. I need to not be depressed and used, and I need to go like over here. Everybody got that? So not being mean to them, but I was saying them, no, this is not working. I'm resigning from being a small God. Go to the big one. So, yeah. So, girls and boys, here we go. Mercy doesn't mean you move them in or marry them. How many people around the world are in massive problems because in their mercy, let me, let me rescue you. Let me rescue you and then move them in and marry them and now they want to kill them. <laughs> so, <laughs> everybody, we need to say, Lord, help us to have mercy with wisdom. Mercy with wisdom. Or everybody got it? You may, you, you may have people around who you're meant to take to a counsellor. That doesn't mean that you're meant to move in and date the, or date them. Here's the counsellor. And the counsellor's not a bedroom in your house. So many people have sadly ended up in massive problems. Not because they're bad people. It's mercy without wisdom. So we just need mercy with wisdom, everybody. So, yeah. So, and I'm giving you my childhood life. This is all that my, I went through in my childhood. Unusual people living in our house. What are they doing here? <laughs> like, who's this? And all of it making everybody more and more unwell because there was no wisdom with it. Okay, kingdom friends. Here was, here's the thought. This is a great thought. Kingdom connections and kingdom friends find each other through service. The kingdom friends you need for your life find each other through service. Do you want king? Do you want, who wants king, to do God's thing? That's awesome. I know you're all saying yes. It was just kind of came out through the front row. But we want to do the king. We want to do God's thing. We're going to need kingdom friends, kingdom connections. If you want to do God's thing, you need kingdom friends and kingdom connections. Well, that comes out through service. Look what Jesus said in John 15. He said, I do not, I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you now friends because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. Jesus said, you're first servants, then you become friends. I no longer call you, you servants because you've served, now you're a friend of mine. So Jesus is letting us know when you serve him and you serve his house and you serve his kingdom, then you become friends. And he'll actually be speaking to you at a level that he's not speaking to everybody at. So, and that's another way too, like I discovered too with leadership, um, how I ended up meeting some amazing leaders and some of them who became my friends was because I served them. How do you become friend with a, a leader? And not that that's the goal. That wasn't the goal. The, I was just wanting to serve but suddenly soon I became friends with some amazing people around the world. And I'm like, wow, how do I become amazing friends with these people through serving them? So Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, I now call you friends. So kingdom of connections for you, the friends that God's trying to bring to your life in the God connections, he may be keeping at bay until you serve. Imagine that, all these people God's got for your life who are amazing quality incredible people, God's saying, I'll just keep you there. Of course, 
my child is not yet at serving. Wow. So Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. You've served. Now I call you friends. Wow. So huge, eh? Yeah. So that's how you'll find your kingdom connection is serving in God's house, serving the kingdom, and then God brings them in. We're all like, where are my friends? Why, why haven't I got a friend? And God says, because we're not quite doing it spiritually yet. We're doing it worldly. Because the spiritual kingdom is built through God connections. And Jesus says the way in is through service. Yeah. So we need to choose friends wisely, everybody. Next thought. Choose friends wisely. Wisely. Slowly. Choose people who are for you, not just what you do. Choose people who are for you and your life going forward, not just what you do and what you do for them. Sometimes people love you because of what you do for them. And it's good to be doing things for people, but we need to choose our, our friends as well for people who actually care for us. Look at this about the Bible here, James 4.4. 4. God's Word says here, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Oh, wow. So the Bible's saying to us, be very careful that we're not becoming friends with worldliness. Doesn't mean that you're not friendly with people who are in the world, like non-believers. I'm friendly with people everywhere. Non-Christian, Christian. Whoever you are, I'm friendly with you. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to walk with you as a friend. He who walks with the wise will be wise, the Bible says. You've got to walk with the wise to be wise. So I'm friendly, but uh, I'm not walking with you as my friend. But the Bible says, be careful because friendship with the world, it means, you know, you're at odds with God. You're at odds with God's kingdom. And this is where a lot of people get into trouble because they think, well, I'm a Christian, I should be. And they make best friends with people who are worldly. And the next minute, guess what? The Christian's off in the world. And now they're backing up everything that the Bible says, don't touch, don't do. If you're down there and you've got unworldly friends up here, um, so if you're up here, sorry, and they're down there, um, and they start pulling you with their thinking, you get pulled down into the world. You've got to be careful. So I'm here to pull people in the world to Jesus <laughs> and to God and very friendly. And, and Sue and I love people, and we've been warm and we're friendly. I love Sue now. She is the vicar of Dibley here where we live. All of our neighbors <laughs> now. Sue... Some of you won't know, Sue has the dog club, and there are now 15 people who turn up. She's running a home group now, so she can't be doing everything. So she said to me, I've got to get the neighbors to know the Lord. She's had one lady to the Lord, and uh, so now she's got the dog club. So <laughs> I am married to Dawn French, the vicar of Dibley in Joondalup. But, uh, but Sue's out with people who don't know the Lord, and she's loving on them, right? But she's not becoming them. Some of, us have, some of us have made friends with people, and then we've become the world. We've taken on the worldly opinions, worldly thinking. And so we've not even, we need to stop and go, hang on a minute. Am I impacted by worldly thinking, worldly opinions, worldly people? Because if you are, it'll lock up your heart towards God, which is so challenging. You want your heart free towards God, in Jesus' name. All right, so choosing friends is careful. Be careful choosing friends who talk like they just have a deal with God going on. Be careful of that. I've been a Christian for 39 years, and you meet some people, they're more spiritual than Jesus. <laughs> they're just so spiritual. 
I lost my car keys once, and, and I think I told you that, so I lost my car keys, and somebody at the church said to me, who I was, said, oh, where's my keys, where's my keys? They said, don't worry, Pastor Jared, all you need is the keys to the kingdom. And I was like, well, at the moment, I don't need keys to get my car going. So I've got to get home. But <laughs> some people are so spiritual. Do you want to know what I've discovered after 39 years? You ready? People who are really spiritual all the time are hiding their character. They're like, don't look at my character. Don't go near anything in my life. Don't try and get me as a real Christian. But let me just spiritualize everything. Oh, yes, yes, book of Daniel. Yes, yes, I know it well. Book of Revelations, my favorite. My favorite, always been my favorite. I'm like, look, right now we need to pour some teas for some new people from Tenacious House. Could you do that? They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, look, people, it's about heart and character. So if you get overly spiritual, I'm always like immediately red light going on here because I've only got to spend four weeks with Jesus. If I up my quiet time with the Lord, my personal time with the Lord, if I up it and I'm in the New Testament for four weeks, guess what I come out at the end of four weeks? Serve more, give more, humble yourself, be real, don't be independent, be in God's body, don't move yourself and stop talking like you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's four weeks upping my New Testament time. <laughs> so, so when I meet people who are really super spiritual, I'm like, you need four weeks in the New Testament. Because <laughs> he will bring you down to you humble yourself. He must increase, and my opinions must decrease. Something's unaddressed there. So we need to, we need to look out for friends who, who encourage us. Listen, look for Christian friends who encourage you to do more. Give more. Love more, serve more, listen more. Some Christians are always trying to pull other Christians back. Don't really serve. No, you don't need to. You do enough. You do enough. You do enough. You do enough. If some, of you, if, if some Christians came along when Sue and I were trying to start churches and I listened to them, we would have sat down because they were saying to me, oh, you've done enough, Jared. You did, you did, you're in Sydney. You're in London. I would have sat down. This church would never be here. You are not in this service today. Because Sue and I had to create margin. What does margin mean? Sacrifice. It means sacrifice. Sue and I had to go. We've got three boys. Will we sacrifice for Jesus? And we went, that's what Christians are meant to do. Okay, Lord, help us to sacrifice. So in creating margin and sacrifice, we can have an 8 a.m. service, a 10 a.m., a 12, and a 7. But don't ever think that it isn't someone's paying a cost. There's always somebody who's gone, oh no, four weeks in the New Testament, I need to pay more cost. And at the same time, God graces you when you say, I'll do it. God graces you. Some, some of us are forming opinions from not being graced because we never let God create margin in us. So when I said, Lord, create margin, Sue and I were up for this, okay. Then he graces you. And then... Your children serve the Lord and become a preacher. Amen. <laughs> Who knows? They become what God's called them to be. Some of us the parents we don't realize because we never created a margin. We're wondering why our children are not very excited about God. It's because we lead the way. Not too late. Love, prayer, and conversations can change the world. Listen, look for... Can I just talk to the single people and couples and... Oh, actually... Singles, dating, maybe dating. Listen, choose a boyfriend or girlfriend who talks about your calling. 
you only want a boyfriend or girlfriend who talks about your calling. How, you want a boyfriend or girlfriend who talks about your destiny in God. So many people I say, how's that going? And they're like, what do you mean? They haven't mentioned that put their partner's calling, destiny. Haven't mentioned getting any counsel. Been in church for years. Listen, we need to be very careful in God's house that we turn all men and all women into a brother in the Lord and a sister in the Lord. Not an object for my lust, but a brother in the Lord and a sister in the Lord who, if there's a possibility of dating and having a relationship, that I'm honoring firstly your call and destiny in God. That's what I talk about. That's what I honor. I'm honoring your call and destiny in God. Which means then there's no discussion about what time I'm getting you home. I'm getting you home early because I don't want to affect your call in God. How many Christians have affected another person's call in God to, because I don't care about your call in God. It's what you're going to do for me right now. And then they end up kissing somebody else's husband or wife, having sex with somebody else's husband or wife. And then they're like, oh, deal with that and get over it. No, no, we need to put boundaries in now. Every person around me is a brother in the Lord, sister in the Lord, holy, with a holy calling and a holy destiny, and I have no right to muck it up. You have no right to muck it up. So, and everybody needs to watch the eye gate and the ear gate. We all have, there's entries into your life and in how how people connect with you and how the enemy gets into us is the eye gate and the ear gate. For men, it's what you see. Guys, you've got to limit what you're seeing and watching. You've got to be careful with it. You've got to watch it. Men, it's more the eyes, and the women, it's the ears. Ears. So men will go, men know. They go along to girls, oh my gosh, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I love you. Oh my gosh, God's brought us together. This must be Jesus. This must be the Lord. And girls go, wow, that's beautiful. And the guy, all the guys go, oh, <laughs> the guys go, this guy, because if it's possibly God, the guy will be slow, very slow, and very wise and careful. So, girls, you need to be careful what you're hearing, and also, too, that's why uh, we need to be very careful with the opposite sex. Can I just encourage you? When people say, I'm friends with the opposite sex, friendly. Because sharing, a man shares his heart with a girl. I see this for four decades now. They share their heart with a girl, and the girl goes, oh, my gosh, he's entrusted everything with me. He must love me. And the guy's like, no, I needed to bin something. And, wow, you're available. And the guy bins all his emotions, all his feelings on the girl, and she's like, wow, this is deep. He shared everything. This is love. And the guy's like, thinking none of that, and then date somebody else. All right, so girls, you need to say, hang on a minute. What are you sharing with me? Hang on, bro. Are we getting married? Is this an engagement proposal? <laughs> then I don't want to hear this. What are you talking about? You find, some, you find some girl who's, you know, she's whatever. I, that's an engagement proposal, that discussion. And girls, the same with the guys. You're 10 o'clock, you're home. 9.30 in my house now. <laughs> 10.30. You're going to go, hang on a minute, mate. No. And stop early in the relationship, but just make sure. And parents as well. Here, Christian parents. What is it with Christian parents? Oh, they're dating. And I'm like, right. 
<laughs> and then where they, where's she or he from? Oh, I went to the toilet. I was in the toilet. And when I was in there, there was a Bible on the floor. And I knew, thank you, Lord, they're full on. I'm not joking. This is the level of people. I'm not joking. This is the level of people thinking that this could be God's partner. You have to be very careful. As I say regularly over the years at Global Heart Church, you don't know who came into church this morning. They may be on the run from one of Perth's top prisons. And they're like, I'm hiding out this morning at Global Heart. Mm. And, and you watch, Christians will look down the road. There's a potential for my son or daughter. Potential person right there. They look very Christian. Listen, everybody, when you buy a car, most of us get an RAC 44-point check. Christians usually do two checks, one Bible in the toilet, <laughs> and they smiled in church. It's the Lord. Oh, my gosh. You better pray, and you better see if they're talking to your child about their destiny and calling in God. Because you're going to have grandchildren coming down the line that you're going to be dealing with all the issues. Everybody who thinks they're cool now, get ready for 70, which is coming down the line, people. And so you're getting your children and grandchildren. Think now. Christians, think now. Think now. And also, if your children aren't serving in God now, in the house of the Lord, they, they are not going to meet the person they were meant to meet. You're meant to, that's why I said to the boys, get serving in God's house. And I have, could not ask for two more beautiful godly daughter-in-laws than Bianca and Kerry. I couldn't ask them. Sue and I couldn't find them. Sue is mother hen. Her boys, no one was getting those boys. You, watch out, get between her and these boys, I'm telling you. And then they're serving in God's house. Kerry, Bianca, comes in the service comes in the service, not the person who turns up occasionally. Because if they turn up to God occasionally, they may end up turning up to your grandchildren occasionally. And if they're not putting God first with their finances, if they rob from God, they'll rob from you. I'm always looking at... Mm. Here to help the body of Christ in Perth. <laughs> You want people who are talking about the house of God. You want people who are dating, who are talking about the kingdom of God. You want them talking about the local church plan. You want somebody who is talking about, wow, I'm backing that, I'm supporting that, I'm part of that. You don't want people to, who, who are like independent. Hey, I'm doing this whole thing with God. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's where we all started at 18 and 19. We were independent, doing our own thing with God. We knew what the church should do. We knew what the pastor should do. At 19, I knew what the church should do, the pastor should do, the people should do, the pastoral team, the new Christian team. That's me at 18 and 19. Some people still think like that at 59. I'm now going, Lord, how can I help the team? <laughs> and here's a little thought, right? Here's a little thought. Even how Friday nights, you, you, if you watch me put the younger people up preaching now, I could preach every week and make it the Pastor Jared deal. But I'm trying to make it about others. I'm trying to get the others, next generations, all up and flowing in their gifts, flowing in leadership. I'm working to do that. Work with me, everybody who's older. Help me to do it. Help me to do it.
cheer them on. Cheer them on as they preach and lead. Be there to cheer them on. Because I'm, it's about the team. This has me changed over the years. Lost my independence. Now I'm back in the local church plan. And who God has brought in to raise up. Listen, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Wow, bad company corrupts good character. You've only got to be hanging around people who got bad stuff going on for it to get on you. Listen to what Proverbs 13, 20 is one of the most scary scriptures in the Bible. Even saying it is disturbing. Proverbs 13, 27 says, The companion of the foolish, the, what's that? The friend of the foolish will be destroyed. So the, if we don't think friendships are serious and need to be thought through and taken carefully, the Bible says the companion, the friend of the foolish will be destroyed, will have destruction themselves. So we need to go, hang on a minute, I need to be friendly, but I have to be careful about being friends because I don't know you and I don't know what's in you and what may be impacting me and bring destruction to my children or my children's children. What is there? When uh, we started church years ago, I said to Dave Harding, Dave at the time didn't agree with me. And I'm just going to say, I said to Dave, Dave, it takes you... It takes 10 years to get to know somebody. And Dave said to me, 10 years, Pastor Jared, it doesn't take 10 years to get to know somebody. I said, Dave, it takes 10 years. He said, you don't really see where people are at till the 10th year. You start to get a handle. I don't ever think I know somebody for at least 10 years. I'm getting a handle at the 10th year. Dave says to me now, he came back and said to me, it's actually 20 He's come back now, years of service as a Christian. He says, you actually now really don't know somebody for 20 years. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.